child. I'm in my own kitchen today and I'm boiling up some primordial soup. There is your primordial soup machine. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Primordial Views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, you, I thought you didn't like intros like that. Uh, no, well, I kind of like the preamble, but this is part of it. I thought you liked, oh, I had an issue there the other day where the doctor, you know what I mean? So you, Start you, off you would like if the podcast just starts with the words, yeah, no, they said it's terminal. Yeah, they said it's... Um, they said it's disgusting. Said, yeah. <laughs> He said he's never seen it before. He said he's seen it before, but never this disgusting. Yeah, he's like normally. Okay. Normally, this is pretty standard, but for some reason, you you are making it really ugly and disgusting for me. Yeah, yeah. seriously, embarrassing bodies. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I never understood why the English people went. I could. I've said this before. No, I know. I I think we probably talked about this because I always one of them that's burnt into my memory was a woman who was coming forward with she had. I don't know what the issue is or what you diagnose it as, but she had a problem with her genitals. 45-year-old interior designer Alison is deeply embarrassed by her vagina. But she had specifically said she was so embarrassed about that she hadn't shown her partner. Alison is all in a flap when it comes to exposing herself to a new partner. Right. And then she lies down on the bench and they film it. And you, you, you as an <laughs> audience, you as a viewer, gets to get to see everything. And it's like I don't can't quite tie these two concepts together. That you, <laughs> yeah, and like in America you get it because they're like, oh, it's free healthcare, maybe. Yeah, well, they must pay them in the UK. Maybe that's it. Maybe they get paid because you can't. It's not the kind of show just purely people who want to be on telly are going to go for. Like, <laughs> well, I thought in America it would be like, uh, we'll pay for your healthcare. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so in the UK, it can't just it can't just be you get to be on TV. After looking into it, it would appear UK participants do not receive any payment for appearing on the show. But they participate due to a combination of the top-notch private treatment they get through the show rather than the National Health Service, and a genuine desire to raise awareness of more obscure issues to those who may also be suffering. Yeah. What was wrong with the genitals? Uh, uh, I believe they had a sort of... um why don't we just let her tell you herself? I remember when I was 16, I just seemed to have a little bit of extra skin and I thought, is this how it's supposed to look? Yeah, I wouldn't like that too much. You, I don't think you would. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, what's the most embarrassing thing about your body? And uh, I suppose that it's perfect. And it puts others to shame, yeah. Yeah, yeah. women are intimidated by... Women are intimidated my... by your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they're, they're like... Oh, he's so perfect to judge my body. And you don't? No. No. Well, that's that's good. That's nice of you. Yeah. I just say, I'm not judging you. You you keep saying it. You constantly say it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just bear in mind, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone, so feel free to take off your clothes, you know? Jesus. <laughs> and you haven't even left the restaurant. <laughs> haven't even freaking... Ordered dessert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How do you order the Tinder Tinder Gold? You know, like to match with them. The Tinder Gold. What is Tinder Gold? Um. What do What do you get out of it more than Tinder? 
There are so many levels. There's no Tinder really? Platinum. There is more yeah. than just like paying for Tinder. Yeah, there are three levels. So, bog standard, you've downloaded it. Bog standard, and there's Tinder Plus. And then there's Tinder Gold. And then there's Tinder Platinum. Oh, it's not gold, it's called Platinum. No, there's, sorry, there are four <laughs> levels. I meant there, were, I meant there were three levels of payment. Oh, okay. So, plus gold and platinum. Yeah. Why is... So, plus is yeah. like... What is unlimited. Platinum in, in the world, in the actual world? It's metal. But why is it more valuable than gold? I think it's rarer. But it is a naturally occurring mineral? Yeah. Oh, okay. Platinum, it's like... It looks like, it's like silver. It looks like silver. I know, but that's why I was sort of confused as to, like, gold, gold looks different from silver but lots of things look like silver metal in but general nah, platinum looks better than silver I, I don't think of it, well I've never you no know, I've never seen someone with like a platinum piece of jewellery exactly oh wow <laughs> I see yes <laughs> platinum is 33% denser than gold and as one of the rarest minerals in the earth's crust it is mined 30% less than gold but its value fluctuates a lot more due to demand and right now platinum is actually worth less than gold Money is stupid. Sometimes, yeah, have you ever seen like an Amiga watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes platinum, those are yeah. gold. Okay. They're gold and platinum. Sure. I... Silver is always a letdown. As a metal. metal. Why? You just think it should be better than it is. You're, it looks you're saying this because you bought shares in silver. <laughs> and made me I'm buy a... shares in silver as well. <laughs> I did not make you do anything. <laughs> we bought, twi- we bought a... 20 euros worth of silver. Mm. <laughs> and just watched it go down and down. <laughs> I bought twenty euro. I bought um, a silver chain. Very nice to look like Connell from Normal People. No. No. Okay. To look like um, Hercules, you know. Doesn't he wear the gold thing around his neck in a cartoon? You said you bought a silver chain. Yeah. Well, I'm not so, the son. So of you thought you <laughs> freaking <laughs> Zeus. Zeus. Uh, so you didn't think you were worthy to wear? Yeah, a gold. Right. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Hercules doesn't wear a gold chain around his neck in the cartoon. He just wears bronze body armor and a blue cape. What is your favorite metal? Heavy. Mm, come on. Uh, come I on. I know. Uh, copper. Why? I'd love copper. I adore copper. I'd love to have, like, a copper bath. Not even brass. No, not brass. Copper. Brass is at least antibacterial. My doorknobs are traditionally made of brass. Right. So is copper. So it's a shame that they've gotten rid of... Like, now you go everywhere it's just plastic, plastic, plastic. Yeah, but doesn't brass look sort of more golden in its colour than copper? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want it to look like gold. I love copper for the colour of copper. You like a co- uh, I hate Copper is probably my least favourite metal. What? Ah, James, we can't fall out over this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... You go and there's like, you go into Arnott's Grand Floor. Mm, and there's a lot of copper stuff. It, well, they have like three cafetiers. Yes, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is copper, one is silver, one is gold. Gold one looks bad because it's not real gold. Mm-hmm. Silver one looks fine. But it just looks like metal. Yeah. And then copper is just... Perfect. Ugly. Brilliant. I literally, you're laughing. Yesterday I saw a copper cafetier. I was nearly like, do we need a cafetier? <laughs> really? Yeah. I love copper. I love it. Would you replace your eyes with copper? Would I still be able to see? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't willingly blind myself. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> to have two, two uh, uh, eyes made of copper, just two, two copper balls. Would you? That'd be amazing. 
Why? It'd be so heavy, wouldn't it? I don't know. How heavy are they're not. They're gonna, it's going to be heavier than your eyes. <laughs> but they're not solid. Yeah, but I think metal, a uh, copper, is still going to be heavier than the flesh that makes your eye. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what if? Um, what if you could see? If I could see, but it was that if no, I do, no. I like having eyes. No. I like having uh, eyes with retinas and irises. But you could still see. Yeah, but I think I'd look odd if I. You would if mm. I just had one solid block of copper was what my eye was. People, yeah. You could never tell where I was looking. No, you sort of a pupil. So, <laughs> so it's a so just the the whites of my eye would be copper. The iris is also copper. So there's just a pupil. So it'd look like a cartoon. Well, the iris would be like uh, etched on. So it wouldn't be real. So it wouldn't even move. It, it would move. But it's etched. Okay, the iris is moving parts, you know. But like, do they dilate? And yeah, that still sounds weird. Of course, it's weird. It's a copper eye. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you're, I'm just asking you to win me over with this, and I'm saying I'm not into it. <laughs> uh, I think it would suit you to have a <laughs> a copper because eye because I've got red hair, and so everything else looks a bit copper. No. Okay. Uh, whatever copper hair. I mean, my hair looks like it is copper. But it's like thin strands of copper. It'd be worth a lot. Yeah. Every time I cut my hair, I'd probably get a tidy sum. Yeah, the barber would be like, I should pay you. But I'd go to the barber, James. Well, then you would be like, I, I, pay, I would say to myself, I pay me. <laughs> You'd spend it all on buzzers, you know what I mean? I would, because I keep wearing mm. them out trying to cut my hair that's made of copper. Yeah. No, I'd probably just invest in one really good diamond-plated buzzers. That's true. Yeah. Would you... What else do you think I would spend my money on, James? What else do you think I would spend all the money I get for my copper hair on? Just tat. (laughs) (laughs) Just tat and nonsense. For your room. I I mean, I suppose... You do have a gas mask. I do have a gas mask hanging behind me in this picture. But that was something I stole from an acting job. Yeah. I didn't buy you're, it. You didn't buy Tat. You're the acting director of uh, Auschwitz. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> James! What? Moving swiftly along. What's your favourite... Let me ask you this. What's your favourite play set during World War Two? Uh, not none of them. I think it's completely played out. This so to speak. World War Two in general. Yeah. So you can't enjoy any of the f- plays that have already been set during it. Plays in World War Two. It's just like a young man who's supposed to get married, and then his dad beats him up, and he goes to fight in World War Two and marries a Holocaust denier or something like that. Like it's all just mental stuff. It doesn't make any sense. No, I think if you write anything about World War Two. You should be shot. If you wrote something about World War Two now... Yeah, you should be shot with, like, an old... You should be shot with one of those guns Spanish. where it just says, bang, you know. No. No, you a gun. Oh, with, a gun, okay. You should be shot with one of those ones that shoots, like, a live round that explodes in your head, you know. Like a dum-dum bullet. No, like a grenade, a grenade launcher. Oh, a grenade launcher, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you write plays, though, James. Yeah. You've never felt tempted to write a play about World War Two? No. It's a very interesting time. It's not. Okay, it is. It's not. It is. Why? You it can't say World War Two wasn't interesting. World War Two was just like a Hitler 
I mean, Halo is interesting. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. I won't give you much, but I'll give you that. Mr. Hitler, you, uh, you, you, you don't get away with a lot, but I'll give you that. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever seen the, um, oh, what's her name? You know, it was like filmmaker, Hitler's filmmaker. Renny yeah, have you ever seen, <laughs> have you ever looked up any of the, like, videos she did about Hitler? Where she was, you mean the, po- like, where her interviews after the fact and she's explaining? No, the actual videos. Oh, like, I've seen Triumph for the Will, yeah. They're very beautiful. Yeah, no, that's the problem. <laughs> like, you can sort of see, if you were just some German <laughs> Yeah, I, yes, it, James. You'd be like, this guy rules. <laughs> Yes, I think that was the goal. <laughs> but like, it's mad that even all I know about Hitler, I'm still like, wow, he's like in the moment. You're like, he does seem magnificent. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, which is like, troubling. All the propaganda we've been subjected to is like to make him seem like a weak, a fat oh, fool. I thought you were going to try and compare it to the propaganda we've been fed about like our own politicians, and it's like there's not, there's no trying for the will for. No. Hall Martin, or... <laughs> Can you even imagine? The tr- the, like, the propaganda for Obama was like, he played basketball and he smoked. Yeah, he smoked cigarettes as well, or something. That when you really think it. about it, that was a real big part of it. it was like... Yeah, and he was, he's young. Don't tell nobody, like, but he smokes. <laughs> that's it, his wife doesn't like him smoking, but he still does it sometimes. His wife hates it. <laughs> yeah. His daughter then, smokes now. I've seen, uh, I've seen, really? I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. Malia is learning a whole lot at Harvard, in fact, including the very difficult art of blowing smoke rings. And then, like, his real wife big was letdown. Like, that daughter healthy. <laughs> his wife. Well, yeah. Michelle was pushing the um, uh, obesity and fitness was sort of her, yeah, uh, her thing. Like, like oh, Melania was bullying. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> trying to get people to bully more. So, I don't really care, do you? <laughs> she's like also into like reducing obesity, but through bullying, through fat shaming. Yeah, um, like when Piers Morgan walked off the show the other week. Yeah, because uh, Sai from Open Gangnam Style came on, and what did he say? He said, uh, "Healthy in any size." And Piers Morgan was like, "That's not right." And then Sai said, um, "He's like, you're just gonna walk off. <laughs> I flew all the way from Korea to be here." On your show, it's nine o'clock in the morning. You're, you're just walking I haven't said this to you enough, but your sigh impression gets better and better every time. Yeah, he's like Lennon, yeah. and that he learned English in Dublin. Yeah, with an Irish accent. Yeah, you say Lennon had a Ranelagh accent. That would make sense. Um, this is an episode about the noble art of theatre. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That might be the first time you're the one who's decided to, <laughs> to rein well, in the like, theme. I didn't like your correction. Pardon. I didn't like you saying my fact was obvious. Uh, your fact was... I said that would make sense. I didn't say it would obvious. Well, you, yeah, that implies it's obvious. They're both referring to the fact that Vladimir Lenin visited London several times and hired an Irish tutor to learn the language. So he spoke with an Irish accent. So you want to now jump the gun and be able to say that you know what the theme of the episode is? Mm-hmm. Correct. So I can verify, yeah, yeah, yes. Too. We decided that today's theme will be... The, the noble art of theatre. The immortal art of theatre. Mm. I can already tell we're going to have to record a little bit longer than an hour for this episode. <laughs> Why? I think we're going to have a lot of uh, chops and changes to make. <laughs> <laughs> the noble art of theatre. What is theatre? Very good. Excellent question. Yeah. Excellent question. This is uh, inside the actor's studio, and I'm here with uh, Gronk, but he talks like a normal person. He just talks like Ronan. Hello, my name is... Uh, Gronk. Uh, so you, um... My name is Gronk O'Rock. Okay. And 
Your wife is a fish? That is canon, yes. My wife is a fish. How did, how did you meet? I went swimming one day, mm. uh, was hungry, right. grabbed a fish that was in the water beside me, and mm. went to eat it, but I put it lips first towards me. Right. And uh, she actually kissed me back in a way I'd never been kissed before. Uh, okay. They, By a fish? By a fish. Then she sprouted legs and arms. Interesting. Or I believe evolution in action. Absolutely, she was the mo- she was the first uh, after me. She was the first. Yeah, <laughs> she was the first human fish to human. Uh, but she's the missing link. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely, the, the missing link between fish God and man. <laughs> yes. Um. So how did you get into the Not Blood of the theater? So we, myself and my good wife. Uh, yes. And of course, you know my wife's name. Yeah, BD. Now you have been in several. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. BD. BD. Uh, yeah. BD. Yes, my wife. BD. BD fish. BD fish wife. BD fish wife. Yes. And of the, the of the sea fish wives. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to the land air, sea wives. Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so you are Gronk, Iraq Correct. of the theatre world. You have been in. Numerous plays, including uh, Two and a Half Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, it was technically Two Men and a Fish. No, it was... Two Men and, was it? Two men and a Half Man, Half Fish. Interesting. Yeah. Was it, we, that does not come across. That's amazing. I know, it's which is why story. we thought it was very inclusive. Uh, you've been in... Prison. You know, Prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was an excellent w- play, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And I've also been but in you're, Prison. Yeah. You're also in Prison. <laughs> um... I murdered. You were, you're, I murdered. You originally yeah. went in for um, like method acting yes. practice, but in there you committed several crimes, including murder. Well, you have to look out for yourself. You have to sort of assert dominance once you're inside the mm. the the, no, the noble civilization. The noble civilization of the prison system. Yes. And then twenty years later, I came out of prison, and you are about to star in your second play. <laughs> and I had written many during that time. Yes. Yeah, The Godfather. Yes, I have written a play called The Godfather. So can we see your famous character from Two and a Half Men? Oh, you want to see the character from the Two and a Half Men? Can we see him? We, you can see him, yes. I won't speak, but you can see him. Well, can we hear him as well? Oh, okay. Um, which uh, which scene would you like me to uh, invoke? If you're, su- you're uh, such a fan, I'd just like you to... Uh... Yeah. Well, I suppose there are three stages. There are three stages? Well, yeah, of the character. Correct. When he's one man on his own, when he's yeah. two men, and when he's a half a man. When he half is fish. Yeah. Um, a eunuch. No. So I would like no, to No, James, the... no, we're what? not bringing up the eunuch again. Uh, can we please see <laughs> Charlie Sheen, the eunuch? I don't like video games. Men don't trust me. I like being quiet. <laughs> Yeah, and Excellent. you have no nuts. Is that correct? <laughs> that is technically correct. Right. And you, like, cut open the nutsack and... James! How did you do it? <laughs> I had cancer, and they were both removed. Right, I see. Okay. Uh, well, you can go now. <laughs> Thank you. If you want to know more about the TikTok star Uniclife, go listen to any of the previous five episodes of Primordial Views. And, and Gronk, you may Thank also you, so leave. I may also go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it was. Thank you so much for having me on. Goodbye. Okay. Don't let the door hit you on the way out.
Well, that was good. Yeah. So that was the first ever actor, apparently not Gronk, which I thought was the whole point of that, but okay. <laughs> no, Gronk came from the uh, School of Acting. Gronk came from the School of Acting. So who was the first ever actor, James? Um, got, uh, The Devil. Oh, very good. That is good. Yeah. So the, yes. So when he yeah. pretended to be... A, the snake. A, well, I thought he wasn't the snake. Excellent. Yeah. That was a test. Yeah. Uh, you always seem surprised that I pay attention to you during this podcast. Mm. <laughs> he was not the snake. No, the, the snake itself was not Satan. For reference, the serpent in the Garden of Eden was intended to just be a serpent. Satan does not make an appearance in Genesis 2-3, for the simple reason that when the story was written, the concept of the devil had not yet been invented. There's some really interesting reading around the concept that the serpent was actually the first anarchist. No. no. So, what was the first role that Satan ever played? A snake in a different thing entirely. <laughs> yeah. He played a, snow, a snake in Jungle jungle to Jungle. Jungle to Jungle? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, really? I don't know. I've never heard of Jungle to Jungle. Well, it's about... Who is it? Yeah, the guy from Home Improvement. Uh, the le- Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. He finds out he's a kid who lives in the jungle. New York stockbroker Michael Cromwell has an appointment in the Amazon. What? And he, bring, he brings him back to New York, a.k.a. the concrete jungle. From one jungle to another. Concrete jungle, of course. Where dreams mm. are made of. Yeah, where screams are made for. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on. No, hold on. He has a child. (laughs) He finds out he has a child in the jungle. How did he have a child in the jungle? Because his wife is an ex-wife is an anthropologist, and she's been living in the jungle. Yeah. Oh, okay. If we get to pick our own names, I'd like to pick man who's extremely well endowed. Sorry, it's already taken. Is the child fine? Or yeah, he's like tribal. Cat's job: feed people. No, not here. Here, Cat's job is to sleep and lick crotch. So she's an anthropologist who lived in a tribe. Yeah. And never taught the son English or... And never what? Never taught the child English or how to communicate outside of the jungle. No, the child can speak English. Oh, okay. Cat's job, feed people. So what's the conflict of the film? Well, he's just mad because he lives in the jungle. Why is he mad? Well, he's always like, oh, you know... Like... Well, he wears funny clothes. Well, like what? Like feathers and paint on his head. And stuff. Well, why doesn't he just wear a jumper? Normal clothes. A jumper. I think he does. What do New they York think? is cold. How is he wearing feathers? There's just stuff like, he's like, you you know, there's office politics going on. And he's like, you're like the, in the spirits, you're like the, the cowardly monkey. And you know what we do to monkeys around here? And then he like... Start slicing him up or something. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a few years. Start slicing him up. Well, he just, you know what I mean. He just does mad things because he lives in the jungle. But that's very racially insensitive. Yeah. Jungle to jungle. People who live in the jungle don't do mad things. Uh, some of them do. Like? Uh. You don't even want to hear what James said. 
What's your favourite play of all time, James? Uh, what is... No, it is about the history of the, the, the... I know, but I want to get to what your favourite play is at some point. But, I mean, yeah. So, James, what was the first... Now we know that Gronk was the first... Well, so no, we haven't even decided that Gronk's the first actor. <laughs> what? We haven't even decided that Gronk was no. the first actor. So Gronk, he was Gronk despite being the first person, yeah. he's not the first actor. No. Satan's the first actor. Yeah. And Satan acted as? Um, he acted against God. Correct. Very good. Speak on that. He acted against God. Okay, skip forward 3,000 years. Yep. Uh, we're now talking about ancient Chinese theatre. Okay. Uh, you said this before we started recording. You really want to talk about ancient Chinese theatre. Yeah. If you have any take on it, fire away. I think it was very sophisticated. There was a lot of, like, ritual around it. Yeah. I, 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 I know nothing of ancient Chinese theatre. Nor do I. Do you know anything about uh, Buko? Buko? Yeah. The Japanese form? Yeah. Uh, it's not called Buko. What's it called? It's called... Um, it's going to be called something incredibly similar. It will be very yeah. similar, but it's... Um, the e- for the eager listener. It's called... Kabuki. 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 That's what you meant. Kabuki. Uh, bless you. Um, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Kabuki is like slow dancing. Yes. No. From this point on, James and Ronan mix up Kabuki with the ancient Japanese theatre form. No. Spelled N-O-H, no is much older, dating to the 14th century, and is strictly codified and traditional. Noted for its use of masks and slow, deliberate movements. Kabuki developed in the 17th century as a much more emotive and comically oriented style of performance. Both are still performed traditionally today, but while no is ceremonial, Kabuki is considered bawdy. And not in the ballroom of romance style. No. No. You ever seen Ballroom of Romance? Uh, if it isn't people dancing romantically in a ballroom, no. It's a film. Oh, I don't know. No. Maybe you just don't know film. Well, this is that'd be fine considering this episode's about theater. Yeah, I thought I didn't know anything about film. The Ballroom of Romance. Yeah. What? Who's in it or why? I don't know. I've never seen it, but um. So you pride yourself well, on knowing about films without actually having yeah. seen them? Okay, that's fair. The Ballroom of Romance is a 1986 film directed by Pat O'Connor, based on a short story by William Trevor, set in rural Ireland in the 1950s. Bridie has been attending the local dance hall for years in the hope of finding a good husband who can help work her family's farm. Now surrounded by younger, prettier women at the dances. She comes to the realization that all the good men of her generation have emigrated or have been spoken for, and her only remaining hope for marriage is with the alcoholic and unreliable Bowser Egan. What's your favorite play? Oh, I thought you wanted to talk more about what the first plays were. Oh yeah, what do you think the first plays were? The first plays, so if we actually think about it, the first plays, now I'm going to have to go back on our canon here, Gronk was in the first plays. Uh, Yes. Okay. And what Gronk would have done was try to retell the story of what happened to him during a day to his, you know, the rest of his... Do you think? Well, I think kitchen sink drama was probably the beginning of it before, uh, you know, mythological and fantastical elements came into it. Because, you know the way you can only write what you know? Um, Do you think Gronk was doing Buko? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think... I suppose Gronk didn't know how long he was going to live, so he wasn't going to waste half it walking up like a step. Yeah, yeah, in the slow movement that is yeah. uh, associated Why with... Why do they love to move so slow? 
Um, I am completely unqualified to weigh in as to why why no theater exists. Uh, but do just weigh in. Why do they like to move slowly? Okay. Is it because they're time wasting? The Japanese famously uh, laid back time wasters. <laughs> Well, you never know what they were like 500 years ago. So why do you think they were doing buko? Kabuki? No. Yeah. Um, Because if something is worth telling, it's worth telling slow. Yeah, it's worth telling forever. Basically, yeah. Do you think Gronk was doing kabuki? No, for the fourth time, I don't think Gronk... You said it closest that time, though. (laughs) No. Yeah. Gronk was not doing... No. I would say Gronk was sort of recreate... It comes from storytelling. Yeah, so, you said it was like a kitchen sink drama. So it would have. St- and I took offense to that because you don't have a kitchen sink. I do not like. I'm one of those girls who doesn't like drama. Mm. What do you, What do you like then? I like hanging out with lads because there's no drama. Because there's no drama. Because men are famously the drama free yeah. since '83. <laughs> since '83. Mm, yeah. That's all I am. I just hang out with the girls, you know. Yeah, uh, I always forget you're 38 years old. Yeah. Yeah. But all my friends are 21, so... That's weird. And I always criticise you for that. No, it's actually extremely uh, woke, normal. Woke to have... Woke and normal. That all your friends are 21. Yeah, that way I um, keep up with the current trends. What do you even talk about? Uh, Boys, you know, I give them advice on going out with boys. So say one of them was like, James? Yes. Um, Well, they call me Big Jim. Big Old Jim... Big Jim. Old Jim. Uh, I've got I've got boy trouble. Yeah, boys are trouble. So stay well away. Yeah, stay with men. Yeah, stay with men. Mm. <laughs> okay. And do you ever suggest men in their vicinity that they might be better off, you know, enjoying the company of? No. Oh, okay. All right. Do you associate yourself as a man in their company at all, or...? Uh no, I'm I'm see myself as a castrate. Uh is there another term for that? <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um you might know me you uh as a well let's just say it like this. I don't like video games. Okay. So <clears throat> let's just put it like this. Men don't trust me. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. So, theatre begins with Gronk trying to explain his day. Yeah. So let's reenact that. I'll be Gronk. You want to be Gronk now? Sure, why not? Gronk is the only character where we've actually swapped portraying. Yeah, yeah. he's very... He's fluid, gender fluid. Well, he's because, it's because he's the first human, so it's sort of open to interpretation as to what he could ever... Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like, you know, give me give me a character... Give me, a, like, a known person and I can do the impression of them perfectly. Uh, beady fishwife. <laughs> That's it. It's like, oh, we all know. We all, we all know what beady sounds like. No, yeah. No. Okay. So I'll be Gronk. You're Gronk. Okay. Uh, and you're. I'm. I'm a- you're my dramaturg. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, so if I'm your dramaturg, I just want to know what your story is first. So this is before you're performing it. Yeah. Okay. So um. Why don't you... Yeah. Oh, no. You go. You go. No, I just wanted to say thanks for a million for doing this for free. Um, I wasn't up to much, so don't worry. Yeah. This is the this is the Precambrian period, so... Yeah. Yeah. 
I also keep saying Precambrian. That's not. Humans weren't in the Precambrian period. Maybe they were. No. All we just know to know about them. <laughs> yeah. The bones are They're too well. sneaky devils. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm really nervous about this, actually. Um, well, I think you have every right to be. I've been reviewing it, and you've taken Jesus. none of my ideas on board, and... Right. Yeah. Was, okay. I'm, no, tough love is good, yeah. you know, I suppose. So here we go. Just explain the plot of the show to me one more time. Okay, so I was thinking it might be interesting if... Um, you know the way things happen before and now? No. No. Okay, you know the way... What did you do yesterday? Well, I woke up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, is that what the play's about? It's just about things that happened before now, yeah. Okay. But jizzed up a bit, you know, trying to be a bit more excited. Jizzed up a bit? Yeah, just a bit more spunk put into it. <clears throat> okay. All right. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. So just give me the rough plot light outline. Okay, so it's this guy. Love it, love it so, so far. Just like you or me. Love it. And he's horny. For? For anything. Um, any anything. Mm. What even type of sexuality is that? Uh, it is pan. I don't think sexual. I don't think pan means anything. It's panimal sexual. They're a panimal. It's panimal sexual. But I mean, when you say everything, you mean every living thing. Every living trees. No. Okay, well, they're not every living thing. Well, we don't know they're alive yet. <laughs> okay. Very fair point. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> but so all animals? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, I don't. I think even now, we frown upon that. Uh, no. Well, that this is to break taboos. There's so few taboos, and there's been so yeah. few pieces of work, I really don't think it's your job to start breaking... No, I think you we actually want my opinion taboos. as your dramaturg. I'm not going to tell you to break taboos right now. I think you need to get okay. everyone at the, on board with the idea of theatre for a start. No, it's very important to break taboos. So, uh, so someone gets murdered halfway through. That's not taboo. That's It happens every single day to several uh, people every day that I've known. Yeah, but this one is for entertainment. They got murdered for entertainment? Yeah. Wait, you're going to murder them in the play? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I can't allow that. Yeah. I can't. Yes, it's no, a boo. No, no, no. The dramaturg's code will not allow me to let you murder someone for the play. And then I marry a goat? Mm, disagree. Don't like it. Don't like it. Right. But here's the thing. It's real. So you're actually... We're really be- married. So you believe in the concept of marriage? Yeah. Are you inventing that for this play? No, it's uh, from where I'm from. It's very normal. And where are you from again, Gronk? Uh... Uh, just around the road. The road? Yeah. What's a road? Um, it is like a... You're using all these terms that are blowing my mind. What? Just, uh, you're throwing out all these terms that you're inventing for this play that I've never heard of as two of the first humans. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and it makes no sense and I don't think you're going to get an audience for it. Okay, well, let's simplify it down. Thank you. Uh, this is literally a- my job. <laughs> Okay, it's to help sorry. you is to help you tease this out. So, okay, so here are the things that are essential. Okay, the murder. Okay, the marriage. Okay. to the goat. Okay, and uh, the consummation of said marriage. And that needs to be portrayed, shown. Yeah, uh, 
And how do you plan on doing that in a play? What? How do you plan on portraying that in a play? Just doing it, baby. Okay, sorry, just the pan thing has scared me now that I'm afraid. <laughs> no, no babies are involved. Okay, all right. Um, But you're marrying a goat. Yeah. So you will have sex with a goat on stage. Yeah. Okay. Is it, is it as taboo? Don't think it's the last taboo. It might be the first one. Again, this is the first play that's ever been done. Yeah, so I think it's important to be edgy from the very beginning. I don't think edgy is what's necessary for good theatre. Oh, it definitely is. South Park, come on. What are you talking Book- about? Book of Mormon. Oh, come on. You've seen Book of Mormon. I have no idea what you're referring to. Um. Okay, have you seen Sardo or 120 Days in Sodom? Yes. It's like that, but the it's just the goats are happy to be there. Although all the people are goats except me, and they're all enjoying it. Yes, which I know you, James Moran, uh, did love watching. Uh, no, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yes. This experimental play in the Dublin Theatre Festival. <laughs> I, well, I didn't actually. I thought it was very good. Did you see it? No, I could not sit through it. There's no chance I could sit. I, 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 I tried watching that film before and just couldn't yeah. make it through. For context. The play they are referring to was an experimental piece of theatre devised by Irish theatre maker Dylan Teague, which featured a live redubbing of Pasolini's incredibly controversial film based on the Marquis de Sade's novel The 120 Days of Sodom, which transposed the themes of the film to 20th century Irish society and the abuse of the Catholic Church. Apparently there's a, there was a play in um, that Belgian theatre festival, and it was about like, child sexual abuse and there were children acting in it and it like simulated oh you so you told me about this yes yeah, fucked up isn't it but there was I don't know can you remember the name of it I don't want to look it up no just look it up there okay <clears throat> just look up simulated child sex James is referring to Swiss director Milo Rao's production of five easy pieces for the Ghent Arts Centre in Belgium in 2016 the controversial metatheatrical piece featured two casts of seven children depicting the life and crimes of Marc Dutroux, who kidnapped, raped and murdered a series of children in the 90s in Belgium. Despite the controversy, the play received critical acclaim and won the special prize of the jury at the Prix de la Critique Théâtre et Dance. One thing I learned about Belgium is uh, they have no rules for unparliamentary language in their parliament. Really? So you could literally accuse... You can say anything in, in Parliament and you don't get, like, chastised. Cool. Even though, you know, Depu- fuck you, Deputy Stag. F this, bleep that. Well, all due respect in the most unparliamentary language, fuck you, Deputy Stag. But fuck is actually not one of the unparliamentary words in the Irish Parliament. Really? Yeah. If you call them a chancer or a gutter snipe, that is wrong. <laughs> and if you ever yeah. insinuated that a member of Parliament was drunk... That's something you could be, like, removed from the chamber for. But saying fuck you is actually not included. <laughs> really? Yeah. I wonder if it got included. Well, I think... Uh, the thing I was saying, because it was the anniversary of uh, Fuck You, Deputy Stag. Sorry. Fuck you! Um, and it was like, technically that didn't violate it. It was just like the Count Corla is a, per- a human who's awake. So he was <laughs> aware that, <laughs> I don't care if it's not in the rules, that's not okay to say. <laughs> yeah. So what's the funniest thing you've ever seen in a play? Um, I saw... I've actually never seen a very funny play. You've never even gone to, like, a farce? 
Yeah, like a forest, like what? Oscar Wilde. Oscar Miles. <laughs> I call him Oscar Mild, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think he ever goes for the jugular against the British upper classes. <laughs> That's it. He's always too subservient. Yeah. Well, I just don't... I mean, it's literally... He's too easily parodied, I think. Yeah. Like, Dorian Gray is good. I love his children's stories. But his plays are just like tennis games of jokes that you sort of... Yeah, they're the original 30 Rock. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a real? Uh, is that a real place you want to go? Thirty Rock. As in, you think you would call him the the original Thirty Rock? You think Thirty Rock yeah. is the inheritor? Mm. Please go on. That's fascinating. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really wanted you to go on. Do you, do you do? Is that a genuine opinion of yours? No. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, the funniest play is real life, in my opinion. Yeah. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. Yeah. So everything that that's happens it. is the funniest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. If you don't suck, you'll choke. Is that what they say? If you don't suck, you'll choke. Mm. Mm. No, never heard. Never heard that, James. You never heard that saying. Never heard that saying. Don't even know how it could possibly mean anything. Yeah, I don't know either. Because it's not a phrase. It's yeah, but it's a saying. Just mad. Just yeah. a mad saying. Yeah. Just some lunatic said. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you've never seen a farce. Yeah. Well, you better. Yeah. The farce. Um, Frasier. Crane. Yeah. I mean, actually, any of those uh, multicam sitcoms are basically plays. Yeah. They're in front of a live studio audience. They're on a set. So you go back in time. Yeah. To the apex of the the theatre. Mm-hmm. Elizabethan, the court of, thereof. That's the apex. There's two apices. Yeah. There is the court of Queen Elizabeth. Okay. William, a little man. A little, little boy called Willie. Called Willie. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy. Called. Called. You know, there's some of that mad stuff that happened in France in the 60s, you know. Oh, you think, so the, the first apex is Shakespeare and the second apex is the... 60s, like what? In France. What, like um, Ionesco and Genet? Yeah. Right. Them lads. Yeah. So let's go with Shakespeare first. Okay, let's... Okay, well, hold on. No, 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 no. That's not the three AP... That's not the three APCs. There's only two. There have been many, mm. like, peaks in terms of theatre. Okay, give me the first. Greek. Yes. You get... What was so good about the Greeks is that you could either have a comedy or a drama. Or tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between drama and tragedy? Um, about six pints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you. <laughs> yeah, drama is when you date her. Tragedy is when you marry her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like something Oscar Wilde was saying. Isn't it? Yeah, that was that's very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> Um, well, you've got, yeah, uh, Aristophanes and... Uh, what did he write? The frogs? Frogs, the clouds, yeah. He was just looking around the places. Yeah. <laughs> the frog. The frogs, the oh, clouds. Oh, it's a big, it's a big old frog who jumps yeah. around the place. The sky, the road, the, the man. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was uh, Diophanes? Was he uh, He mm-hmm. was the guy who walked around in a barrel with a lamp looking for a... The honest man, wasn't it? Yes, indeed it was. Diogenes was a cynic philosopher famous for his criticisms of contemporary Athenian society, and for wanking and shitting in public. He was known for doing public stunts such as wandering the streets during the day with a lamp looking for an honest man, 
and for responding to Plato's definition of a person as a featherless biped by plucking a chicken and saying, Behold, I've brought you a man. Yeah, um, I don't know any of the other playwrights. There is that science fiction one, like they say it's science fiction. I think it's Roman, and it's better both that goes to the moon. Sorry, someone's knocking on my door. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Don't stop, just leave it. While James is gone, I'll tell you that he was thinking of the novel, A True Story, by Lucian, a Syrian satirist and rhetorician in the 2nd century AD. The story was meant to be a satire of the ludicrous tales told in ancient Greek sources, and features Lucian and his ship being heaved out of the sea and onto the moon by a whirlwind. While James is gone, I'll tell you that he was thinking of the novel, A True Story, by Lucian, a Syrian satirist and rhetorician in the 2nd century AD. The story was meant to be a satire of the ludicrous tales told in ancient Greek sources, and features Lucian and his ship being heaved out of the sea and onto the moon by a whirlwind. Now let's see who is at James's door. Hey, Alicia. Uh, is it Alex? Is this 23? It's 24. 24, 23 years. Yes, ma'am. For yourself? <laughs> what was that? Uh... Someone delivered it. The woman was delivering a takeaway to the wrong place. Yes, I heard. Uh, I could have taken it. Uh, would you have wanted it? What was it? That was it. It's like a gluten. I can't eat gluten. Yeah, and it was just a load of. It was just gluten where they washed all the other things out except it's just pure gluten now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been theatre, wouldn't it? If I was like. Yeah. She, she was like, Ali, is Alicia here? And I could have been like, oh, one moment. <laughs> hello! Oh, hello. <laughs> I am, I'm Alicia, you know? <laughs> Wearing my cap back and a wig underneath. A mop Your cap on backwards is all you do. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, even there's the idea that like, I could have just said, yes, I'll give it to her. Yeah. But instead I had to become her, you know? <laughs> Oh, thanks for delivering this. It's a so long story. Person to waiting. I ordered it. The delivery person comes to the door. You answer it. You go. Oh no! Hold on. Twenty minutes pass, and then you come out yeah. in a dress and a wig. Yeah. And you look at the exact same. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm Alicia. Same voice and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'll take it. Like, okay, now let me tell you why I ordered it. <laughs> the story starts a long time ago when I moved to Dublin. <laughs> Where are you I from originally? Bamberghen. <laughs> yeah. Get and off the Lewis. What was your favourite? <laughs> I got yeah. on the Lewis and Balbriggan and I got off. Get off. Yeah. You know, Dublin's a tough town mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you're not looking the right way. Because if you, you can get hit by a car. That's it. Yeah. Um. And then... Hey, just I, real quick before I forget, what was your favourite thing about Balbriggan? The road out. The... Oh, so you hated Balbriggan? Yeah. Why? It's the dump. What? It's a kid. No, it's not. It is. Come on. No, it's not. I know you look at it with uh, rose-tinted glasses because you live there. You live there. Your character yeah. lives there. Yeah, well, I hated it. Are you the takeaway one? No, Ronan. Oh. <laughs> not fully just Ronan picking apart. Anyway, just <laughs> thank you for this meal. Shitting for the hundredth time. <laughs> thank you for this meal. And then I yeah. open the tray, I pour it into my pockets. <laughs> and uh, I'm ready to go out in the town. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Powerful. And what do you think this play says to people? Well, that's just to her, so I can take the Chinese. Oh, oh. <laughs> what so you were saying something about something. That's correct, yeah. 
What were you saying? What were we saying? We were saying... Greek, the ancient Greek, the... the ancient the, Greek theater, theater, Aristophanes. Yeah. You hate it. You hate that. That was the first thing to go through. That wasn't the first, you know... You don't think that is a high point in theater? No, definitely not. Right. And then you think, what, it dips from between then and... Now. Shakespeare? Yeah. Like, what, the... Greek was just like, there's a guy, and then maybe he wears like a giant willy on his costume. Okay, what I will say is, Greek theatre is difficult to wrap your head... I've seen people stage ancient Greek plays, and they, it is torturous. It is difficult. Really? Yeah. Why? What are they like? Did you never go to one of them fucking like no. classic society or whatever to put on no, a play? No, never in my life. Well, in my degree, there was a guy who did it, and he made us all go and it was like it's painful because because here's the thing you know the way the Greek masks of, of comedy and tragedy exist yeah is because the plays were written not for the actor to emote it was that you were supposed to st- wear the mask which was the emotion of the character playing while this is true it's also important to note the practical purpose of masks allowed actors to easily play more than one role and as all actors were men it allowed them to portray women as well. Oh, really? Well, people don't stage those plays now with, like, masks. So you're just watching people read out the lines. And I'm sure people have reinterpreted them in new, interesting ways, but... Check out Arsitophanes' Frogs in its freely adapted version by Stephen Sondheim. Why don't they wear the masks? I don't know. That's you just need to wear they... the mask. I think because they think they're capable of doing it, but instead you just get classic students being like, oh, yeah. we can put on a three-hour play. I'm sure that's going to be fine. So what's the frogs about? Don't couldn't even couldn't even begin to lie and pretend to tell you what I know. The frogs tells the story of the god Dionysus, also known to the Greeks as Bacchus, who, despairing at the current state of Athens' playwrights, travels to Hades with his slave Xanthias to bring the great Euripides back from the dead. It takes its name from the chorus of frogs that sing the first interlude of the play. What's, do you know any Greek play? Don't I? I've seen them. I do not remember them. I can't tell you. Like I don't keep them back in my head. I struggle to any, remember Shakespeare. I can't bother remembering. Do you know any Roman plays? No. Roman plays are perhaps not as well known as Greek, but some notable ones would include Metamorphoses by Ovid and Phaedra by Seneca. So Romans were trying to be a bit more wacky. Romans were more crowd-pleasing. They were more into the spectacle rather than the concept of trying to... uh, Rather than it as its own pure art form. Right. They liked it as a day out. That's a bit more sensible, isn't it? That's how things work now. Roman theatre was obviously very heavily inspired by Greek theatre, but according to Livy, Roman theatre evolves in five stages. 1. Dancing to flute music. 2. Obscene improv with dances to flute music. This is what James was thinking of with actors having fake penises. 3. Medleys of dances to flute music. 4. Comedies with a story. 5. Comedies with a story and a little shorter comedy tacked on at the end. Thank God we have the Avengers now, eh? Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, then what came after Rome? The Dark Ages. It's not called the Dark Ages. We know they're not called the Dark Ages. And all plays then were just like a nun praying or something like that. It was like mm. a bawdy old man f- dresses up as a nun to marry a No, I'm going to say you get, even, you get far less of that. Because as you move further away from the Roman period, you get, get more and more... 
that yes, you get a much more religiously defined. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm talking Eurocentric. I'm not talking. It's called liturgical drama. What do you think, old Israel? old Israel? Yeah, <laughs> not Israel. Islam. Islam. I have. I. Uh, old I, Islamic I'm afraid stuff. to say I know nothing of. Uh, the medieval period Islamic theatre is like. It was probably all just like, I am Islam Thanos. What? Sort of stuff. What happened? What Let's was it about Mecca. Islamic Thanos that really captured your heart, James? <laughs> uh, or maybe he was like, I'm Islamic shrew man. Shrew. What's that guy from shrew? Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, oh, no shrew. the shrew. No, the raccoon. Rocket raccoon. Yeah. What's uh, the tree man called? You got Groot, Shrew, and Islamic Groot, Thanos. Rocket. And they're on their way to Mecca. In space. So they come to Earth. No, on Earth. Okay. To go. Yeah. Every Muslim yeah. has to do the Hajj, you know? So the, there's a little girl just staring in the window at me. Oh, Do you want to get her on the pod? No, she's sort of laughing at me. Now she's gone. She had quite a start. She was like affectionately smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like thirteen, just affectionately smiling in, and I waved, and she was like, "Ah, oh. like a, just sort of like acknowledging the wave," and then <laughs> and then moved on. That does sound scary. Very weird. So Islamic Thanos rocket and Groot. Actually, instead of Groot, let's make it. Um, you know, Pratt. what's his name? Chris Chan. Chris, yeah, Pratt. Chris Pratt is the guy who's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Chris Chan? I well, I am a Chris Chan. Yeah. Uh, he is like this YouTube guy, and he really likes Sonic, and he like drank his own calm on camera. Okay. No, I don't know um, this man who. The only two things you can describe him as is he but, loved Sonic the Hedgehog and drank his own semen <laughs> on camera. Yeah. I'm not including a clip of this person. Everything about them is too weird. Although it's worth mentioning her name is Christine Chan now and she identifies as female. And then, so you have Islamic Thanos, the Shrew, and the Chris Pratt. Pratt. And they go, and they do it, and then they go home. They do it? They do it. They do it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, to bring this all home, James, what's your favourite play? Um, uh, what's yours? I don't, I don't like being put in the spot. Okay, I do have mine, but it's my, it's been my favourite since I was, like, 12 when I saw it, which is The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. Tintin. No, that's uh, not a, any word I just said sounded like Tintin. What is it? The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui. It's a, What's it about? It's Bertolt Brecht. It's a play and it's like if Hitler was a Chicago gangster. Yeah, how does it go? How's he doing? It's just, it's, a, it's just an allegory and it's like he's a gangster and he's uh, he overtakes the, is it the cabbage markets and in his efforts to try and rise to the top his it's the story parallels the story of Hitler and like you know there's the Night of the Long Knives there's Kristallnacht all sort of in the same vein uh, and trying to oust these other populations and stuff and it's uh, it's just a very interesting play and I saw it when I was like 12 or 13 loved it and the performances are amazing Tom Von Lawler 
played uh, Arturo Ui, who you may know from the Marvel films. Who's he playing? The I knew you were gonna. <laughs> you know Tom Valala. You do know. You no, know. no, no. Yeah, he's from Love Hate. Nidge. Nidge. Yeah, and he plays Nidge. Ebony Maw in the Marvel films. What does it gain from being set in Chicago? Uh. Well, just it was a, it's a mafia story, so like it could have been New York or Chicago. I mean, you wouldn't really. Yeah, well, but what's else. the gauge for the transformation? Uh, that it's the, I think the point was that you know, oh, this could never happen in America, and it's trying to relocate it to America in a much smaller scale. Right. And it's like this happens every day. Like this could have happened at any point at any time. It's very yeah. easy for these personalities to rise through these sort of ranks. Yeah. Yeah, my granddad died in. The Chicago World War Two allegory. Yeah, he fell out of the the cabbage tower. Yeah, yeah, he did actually. Yeah, he did. That's so sad. Uh, it actually is. Yeah, and what's the one thing you wish you could have said to him before he died? Um, you know, probably just want to explain World War Two to him, mm. so we could have seen it coming. Thanks for listening, please tell your friends. What subject comes next? Let us know on Twitter or at primordialviews at gmail.com. And remember, I'm one of those girls who doesn't like drama.